Welcome, folks, to the very first episode of the No Conference for Old Men podcast. Cliff Note's description of what our podcast is basically about is really just two old guys talking college hoops, primarily focused on the Houston Cougars and the Big 12 first, but also with a smattering of national big game coverage each week during the season. The more detailed backdrop is that we're basically both huge, huge Houston Cougar basketball fans that are ecstatic about the move to the Big 12. And the fact that our team is back in the big time, joining the number one basketball conference in the country and making it stronger, we're just beside ourselves. And then for the cherry on top, with Arizona joining in 24 to make the conference even tougher, I don't think it's an exaggeration to claim that the Big 12 stature in college hoops dwarfs even the SEC's place in college football. Truly, no conference for old men, and hence the name for our podcast. And so with that, we felt that the Houston Cougars program at the Big 12 Conference, by extension, really deserved a dedicated hoops podcast, since most others out there are really more football-focused. And how we're going to try to further differentiate ourselves is by providing a more in-depth view with breakdowns from a basketball coach's perspective, an analytics view, along with, of course, a fan's perspective for folks to geek out on. So let's kick things off and introduce the two old guys that are primarily going to be bringing this to you. So, Tom, you want to do a quick intro? Yeah, my name is Tom Lidiak. I'm a Houston native, uh, 61 years old, uh, born and raised in Houston, uh, 33 years. I'm a graduate of North Shore High School on the, on the east side. Um, uh, my dad was a graduate of the University of Houston. So when I decided to go to college, uh, um, you know, I'd always been a U of H fan, uh, football, basketball. So I uh, ended up graduating from uh, University of Houston and then um, taught and coached uh, down there uh, for six years. Met my future wife. Uh, she was teaching down there also. And then that, that led us to move uh, uh, to Northwest Iowa, um, which is about 1,050 miles or so from, uh, from Houston, pretty much on the same longitudinal line if, as the, you know, as the crow flies. Uh, but I'm a big, uh, basketball fan. I'm a, I studied the game basketball junkie. If you, if you will, um, I played a little basketball in high school and that was about it. Um, uh, just, just love the game. Uh, played it until my, my knees couldn't, couldn't take it anymore. Um, didn't play college basketball, but I'd always kind of been a student of the game. Uh, when I kind of joke with my kids when I coach them, I said, you know, there's there's only reason um, I didn't play D3 basketball. It's because there's not a D4 level. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, pretty much my uh, story. Uh, been up in Northwest Iowa for 28 years now. I just retired from teaching uh, this past uh, spring. Um, so we got a lot of time on my hands. I, I do have a, I do have like a kind of like a part-time job, but, um, I have a lot of time on my hands. Uh, I will continue to coach basketball, uh, at the, at the JV level. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, keep doing that as, as long as I can. That's awesome, Tom. It really Tom's the, he's the expert. Uh, basketball expert on the podcast. I'm a, I'm not a former player. Uh, I'm not a former coach. I'm a huge, huge college basketball fan. Um, and, and I'm the one that actually kicked off this podcast, Steve Chang. And I'm the computer's big data analytics geek. 
that will be breaking down the teams and games based on advanced analytics. I'm primarily going to use Ken Palm, what I actually consider as the Bible of Hoops Analytics because of the, the great job that he does in terms of normalizing the stats, taking into consideration things like strength of schedule as well as pace of play, but also sprinkle in a handful of what I consider interesting stats from Haslam Metrics and Bart Torvik. Um, so as we get our feet under us, we'd also like to start incorporating maybe some other fellow coup guests uh, along the way and participants as well to, to get some fun three-way discussions going and fan perspectives going as well. But I think for the first few, we're going to focus on uh, kicking things off and setting a context as we enter the season. So anyways, uh, why don't we get right into it? And for our very first episode... We're going to provide an in-depth review of the 23-24 Houston Cougars team with a view into how they will potentially compare with last year's team. Subsequently, what you'll see in episode two will provide a Big 12 conference review with a perspective on how we see the Cougars measure up with their new conference mates. And then in episode three, we'll provide a top 25 view of how we feel the team and the other Big 12 teams stack up on the, uh, the the national scene. And so, Tom, uh, I know you've had a chance to take a look at uh, this upcoming season and the team makeup. You know, from a coach's perspective, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, there's not, not going to be any surprises from Coach Sampson as far as uh, X's and O's. Uh, it, it's going to be the it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be uh, uh, man-to-man defense. You know, you don't play for uh, Coach Sampson if you don't defend and you don't rebound. Uh, uh, I call kind of his uh, his coaching style. I call it uh, old school basketball with a modern twist. There's a uh, you know he has these core values that have not changed since he's uh, started back at Montana Tech. Uh, you know there's still a few of the little drills that he still does that he did back at uh, at Montana Tech. So you know you're 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 going to play you're going to play defense. Uh, you're going to rebound. And you're going to share the basketball and play unselfish, uh, you know, and that's that's something that Coach Sampson is uh, not going to negotiate. Uh, you know, if you don't do those things, you don't play. So, uh, as far as style goes, uh, it, it's going to be the same style. It's it's tough, hard nosed, man to man defense. Always a good rebounding team, uh, sharing the ball, um, just uh, just gritty. I think we'll see. This year's team get back to the gritty style uh, that we had back when we had uh, Corey Davis and, and and Galen Robinson. Not that last year's team was uh, uh, was gritty. Uh, to me, there was just something missing from from last year's team. Not sure what it is, but uh, hopefully, we're going to see them get back uh, to that scratch and claw and type uh, uh, you know uh, type defense. So, yeah, don't see any any uh, difference. As far as defense goes, uh, Coach Sampson, there you know he very rarely plays zone. If he ever does, it's usually a little bit of one-two-two or a three-two. Um, as far as far as that goes, but uh, you know he's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, we're we're very fortunate to have Coach Sampson. Uh, now, whether he gets in the Hall of Fame or not, well, you know we, we won't know because of you know there's some stuff in the past, but. He's uh, he, he's he's a Hall of Fame coach. He's he's definitely, top, definitely he, he he's definitely top five uh, in, in in the country right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for anybody else in the uh, in the country. Uh, always puts the team on the floor. Uh, 
that uh, represents the university in a, in a, in a, in a positive way. Uh, the kids are always respectful, you know, to the opponents and to the fans and to the, to the officials. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a great thing. It makes me proud to be a Houston Cougar when, uh, when I watch this team play. Um, another thing I look at our team, um, and you look across the country is that we're going to be an older team. Uh, one of the few in the country, um, that doesn't really have like a, a Russell upheaval. Yeah. I think we're going, I think we're going to be an old team, uh, an experienced team. So when we, when we start talking about specific players and, and, and all that, uh, I'll get into that in just a minute, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I think, I think we have an advantage there because we have a veteran coach, hall of fame coach. And then we have, uh, we have an older veteran, veteran team coming back. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I, I couldn't agree more with your perspective of, I think we're, we're fortunate and, and lucky to have coach Sampson and, and actually by extension, his entire family, right. Is, is part of the, uh, uh, part of the program and leading the program. It's, uh, Definitely halcyon years, right, uh, for for Houston Cougars basketball, especially as we head into the Big Twelve. Um, and, and your viewpoints are, are, are spot on, right, in terms of setting the the, the preview for the the team coming into the twenty three twenty four season. And the analytics are consistent with what you've articulated there, Tom. Right, if I if I take a historical look back. And, you know, Ken Palm's overall adjusted efficiency margin will always be the jump off point for me when I look at analytics, because this is really the primary stat that takes into consideration both uh, a team's adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency in ranking teams leading into and during the season. Uh, and, And he does a great job in terms of normalizing it based on strength of schedule, your pace of play. So as you're comparing teams, uh, it's a, it's an even playing field, right? So to speak, and you're not comparing apples to oranges. And just to give context into how I view things in it, and when I look at the the rankings, my threshold has been if you're top 40 or better in any particular area, it's a major strength, your, your primetime team. And if you're anywhere kind of past 175 ranking, uh, or below, you've got problems that you really need to start addressing. And then anything in between, you're at varying levels of okay or decent, right? So now that being said, as you start looking at Coach Sampson's teams, and I'll just take the last three years as an indication of trends, uh, but it gives you it's been consistent since the time he's been here, right? Quite honestly, but. Finishing within the top five in Kempom overall adjusted efficiency margin each and every year, going from fifth to second and second the last two years, which is really elite stuff, right? And similar to, to what you've discussed, you know, areas of strength, if you dig in deeper on how Coach Sampson has achieved this, he's hung his hat on two main areas, defense and offensive rebounding. So if you look at over the past three years, we've improved from ninth to eighth and then to fifth in adjusted defensive efficiency. And then when you look at offensive rebounding, we've been elite as well, where we've ranked second, third, and fourth in terms of offensive rebound percentages over the course of the last three years. And the crazy part of this consistency is the loss of three or more starters. 
each one of those past seasons, which is crazy, right? So as you stated earlier in your overview, the standard has been set, it's been reinforced and maintained over time. And the, uh, the really emphasis on defense and specifically offensive rebounding are what you and I believe to be the non-negotiables, right? Which you mentioned before as well, that coach references as he really has defined the Houston program's culture. Now, if we start shifting and zeroing in a little bit more on the defensive side, the effective field goal percentage defense has been our staple by challenging each and every shot, right? And we've ranked number two all three previous seasons. That's consistency, right? However, where we've really pushed it to another level in the last two years is in forcing turnovers, right? Whether it's steals or forcing a, a turnover, we've been kind of lowered to mid-tier in the 200 rankings up until three years ago, where all of a sudden we, we went up to number 55, which is really good, not, not, not exceptional yet. But the last two years, we've gotten to number 30 and 39. So it'd be really interesting to see if we're going to be able to maintain or even improve on those numbers heading into this year. Now, when we look at offensively, you know, honestly speaking, we've never been a great shooting team and we go at a very, very slow pace. So the the question always becomes, when you look at the rankings, how do we achieve our elite adjusted offensive efficiency ranking of, you know, we've gone seven, 10 and 11 in Ken Palm the last three years. That's elite again, in terms of offensive efficiency, uh, but this is how we counter that via our great offensive rebounding percentages, as we've talked about before, by getting more shot attempts than every other team. So even though we're not a great shooting team, yeah, you know, if you look at, you know, this is where Hoslin Metrics has some really interesting stats in terms of he's got one called field goal attempts rate, uh, where we've ranked first, fourth, and fourth over the last three years, right? So basically... Uh, the bottom line is if you can't recruit a roster full of five-star shooters, uh, just make sure you play elite D offensive rebound like heck. So you get way more shots up than your opponents. Uh, and really when you, when you look at that, that's, that's really elite coaching stuff by coach Samson on both sides of the ball, really playing to your strengths. And, and this allows him to kind of reinforce the tough culture that, that you referenced earlier on as well. So um, like you said before, I mean, that's a, that's a hall of fame coach right there in terms of how you build your program. Now, uh, you know, if we want to start to- taking a look at, you know, the roster and some of the key returning players this year, what are your thoughts there, Tom? Oh, as far as the roster goes, like I said earlier, it's, a uh, uh, you know, I think we're going to have an older team, especially when you compare it to, uh, other teams around the country. I, I don't, you know, we didn't have as much uh, uh, roster upheaval as as other programs did. Uh, you combine that with that Australian trip. Uh, you combine it with, uh, uh, you know, the extra practice we have now. I mean, practice started in September. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be good getting those uh, a few new players we have in here. But uh, if you look at Coach Sampson's philosophy, uh He'll probably play uh, two bigs, uh, a four man and a five man, and uh, uh, three basically uh, basically guards. Uh, some some think he might go with a with a four guard rotation, but I, I find that hard to believe because three of our 
four freshman recruits were uh, were big guys. So yeah. uh, I I have a tough time thinking that we'll see a whole lot of four guard lineups. I could I could be wrong. Um, uh, I think when the season starts uh, at point guard, we're gonna have Jamal Shed, uh, a lot of experience. Uh, a lot of tournament experience. Uh, I think LJ Cryer from Baylor uh, will join Shed in the backcourt. The thing I like about Cryer is that he was a 42% three-point shooter at Baylor. Uh, that's yeah, a 42%. That's uh, I think we're going to be. That's crazy. I think, yeah. I, I think we're going to be pleased with uh, with with Cryer shooting. We had a lot of we have a lot of games where we have stretches where we just we don't score we we, we don't score. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully, with uh, uh, Cryer in there, he can provide he can provide that. I think we're going to see Emmanuel Sharp start also. Uh, oh, interesting. So I, so I see a Shad Cryer Sharp uh, backcourt. Uh, I think Jawan Roberts uh, will start at the four this year, and then I think uh, we'll see uh, 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 JVA Javier uh, yeah. Francis at, at the five. I'm <laughs> I'm still. Looking for Roberts to the shoot the three, yeah, um, to shoot the three. I I, I <laughs> don't know if he will this year. <laughs> you know, last year we had uh, uh, we had Jairus Walker at the four. Jairus could shoot the three well enough uh, where he could play inside outside uh, with Robert and Francis in there. Uh, you know, they're they're uh, they're two bigs. You know, Roberts usually you know he has that uh, low post game, the little uh, uh, jump hook. A couple of years ago, it, it looked like Roberts was going to be a, you know, maybe a three-point threat. He shot a couple of threes uh, early in the year and then um, didn't make them, and we never saw we never saw that again. Yep. So, I'm looking at Shad Cryer, Sharp, Roberts, Francis uh, uh, to start. Uh, we're we're really going to be good at the at the guard position because then you bring in yeah, Damian Dunn, the transfer from Trim- Temple. Uh, you know, he averaged 15 points a game. Uh, he's an older guy. I think he's like 22, 23 years old. Uh, he has lots of experience. Um, uh, Terrence Arsenault, we're looking for, uh, looking to him to make a jump, uh, uh, this season, uh, lots of potential there. Uh, two guys I really like, uh, don't know if they'll get much playing time, but you, you, uh, you can't overlook Ramon Walker. Yep. Who played? Who two years ago we went to the Final Four? Ramon played. You know, uh, uh, he, he was playing with a banged up. Uh, I don't know what it was, wrist, yep. hand, whatever. He he brings that toughness. Uh, you he know, does, when Ramon's yeah. on the floor, uh, takes charges. Uh, he rebounds pretty well. Uh, I really like Ramon. Hopefully, he can get some playing time this year. And Wilson, uh, Malik Wilson, yep. Malik Malik Wilson, <laughs> who. You know, transfer. He he went to transfer portal. Yep. And then came back. Uh, I know in the scrimmage, uh, in the red white scrimmage, I think he had ten rebounds. Uh, yep. uh You know, I, I don't think we should overlook uh, him. He started off at Louisiana, I think, University of Louisiana. Yep. He also has some Big Twelve experience. He played at Texas Tech. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't think we, we won't know because we're not at practice. We don't see yep. what goes on at practice. Uh, and as we all know from Coach Sampson, you know if you're not a practice player, you're you're just going to sit the bench. Uh, uh, you know, you, there's no gamers. You 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 do it. Uh, you do it at practice or 
or, or you don't play. So uh, that's our guards. Uh, uh, that's the strength right there. Those are some really, really good guards. Then you get to the post play. I mentioned uh, Jawan. Lots of experience uh, with Jawan. Uh, he didn't exactly finish the season. Right. Uh, probably the way he wanted to. Yeah, especially against Miami. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and then Francis, too. Francis uh, uh, is also kind of a question mark. He played quite a bit at the beginning of last year, and for some reason, you know, we, we don't know because, like I said, we're not at practice. Uh, uh, we don't know what's going on, but um, he saw his playing time, playing time dwindle. But if you look at our roster and you look at our bigs, he's going to have to play. Yeah, especially uh, he, in the Big 12, right? Yeah, he's going to have to play. And then uh, you get to the bench players <clears throat> as far as our front court goes, and that's where uh, my concerns are uh, with the team this year because we'll probably have uh, Jojo Tugler, the freshman. Yep. If he doesn't start, he'll definitely be probably the first guy off the bench, definitely the first guy off the bench as far as uh, uh, post players go. I haven't seen him play yet, from, but from what I hear, He's got a motor, you know, and that's that's something you can't coach. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a he's got a motor on him. A uh, couple of other freshman posts. I don't think we'll see him play uh, this year. I'll call him the California kid, Jacob McFarland, and uh, we have Big Sed uh, Cedric Lott, uh, who has the body to play right now, but just don't think he's ready skill wise to um, uh, to give us much. Uh, uh, this year, and then to top it off, we have Lily Ryan Elvin uh, as our <laughs> as our, our last the human victory cigar. You know That's when Ryan's, right. you know That's... when Ryan's you know when Ryan's in the game, uh, the game's over one way right. one way or the other. But for, uh, you know from what I hear, he's a he's a great great kid. You know works his tail off. Uh, uh, you know one of the one of the qualities of a of a great program is that you don't have scrubs, you know, there are no yep. uh, uh, scrubs and Lily works as hard or harder than anybody else in, 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 in that, in that program, a uh, great representative of the university. So that's the way I look at our, um, our personnel, the roster. I was mildly surprised, uh, you know, cause we did, we ended up with a scholarship open. I was surprised that we didn't go after and get an experienced uh, foreman. There were some, yep. There's some scuttlebutt about some different guys, but you know you never know. Uh, maybe they didn't check the boxes off with uh, with Coach Sampson and and his staff, and and you know that's maybe why we didn't go out and get a get a 13th player, um, uh, that extra guy, because uh, you know if they didn't check those boxes, uh, we're not just going to go grab a guy just because we need a need a roster spot. If they yeah. don't fit the culture, they don't fit the culture. Yep. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll see. It, it'll be really curious, right? Especially heading into the Big Twelve, and kind of the size that we're going to be faced with is nothing like the American, and it's going to be a pounding every night. And so, yeah, I, I guess we'll find out this next season whether we should have used that that thirteenth scholarship for another another big or not, or maybe we were forced into the situation where some of the freshmen may have to play a few minutes before they're ready. But uh, I think we'll be curious to see, you know, from a, from an analytics perspective and you look at the roster and the roster makeup and I'll focus on the returning players first. 
you know, compared to last year, we lose three of our top players, right? In Sasser, Walker, and Mark. And when I assess players, I like to use Bart Torvik's top 30 player plus minus, right? And some people can argue is the plus minus player evaluation valid or should you be looking at other more specific statistics? But I like this one because it basically assesses uh, a player's impact to winning, right? When they're on the floor, right? And if you look at last year, obviously Sasser was by far our number one guy at an astounding plus 11 last season. I mean, that is a huge number. Uh, but Tom, you know who number two was uh, on the team? It was actually Roberts at plus 8.5, right? Uh, then it went to Walker at plus 7.7 and then Shed at plus 5.7. And then finally, we actually had Mark at plus 4.2, right? Uh, but obviously losing those three players is a, is a big loss, but that's nothing new to, to coach Sampson. And this year, of course, it all starts off, like you said, with, with Shed and Roberts, right? There are top two returning players. Then you factor in improvements, hopefully from Terrence Arsenault and Emmanuel Sharp, uh, where both have to really improve a lot on D specifically and get more efficient on offense. It, it, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a huge Arsenal fan. And I actually expected huge things from him, maybe unfairly so, his freshman year. It, and really, this next season needs to be a breakout year for him, for us to be, you know, hugely successful, right? I'm actually of the opinion, and uh, this is probably similar to, to John Rothstein, who I think he, he recently posted, that I think... You know, given our, our our roster makeup, that Arsenal, though it's not his natural position, uh, will have to play at the four for quite a bit of time. All right, for us to win, because I don't think we have enough experience at the at the big positions. His natural position again is the three, uh, but the issue there is he hasn't proven to be able to shoot the three well enough, right? And that wasn't reflected. Uh, you know, in the time in Australia either, he had a, a terrible shooting. Uh, throughout all the games. And even though that's all exhibitions and it's still a long off season to improve, we haven't seen it yet. Um, it, you know, he's going to have competition at the three with, with Dunn, the transfer as well, which I'll, I'll get into a little bit later. And then you have, as you stated, you know, Javier Francis. Uh, and though I've loved the potential and the length, you know, he's got to improve by leaps and bounds for us to really compete in the big 12 the guys are going to get bigger um and there's you know there's time to develop in the off season but you know he's a fouling machine right so we're not you know we haven't seen him be able to stay you know on the court for long periods of time and contribute right when we're playing the good team so it's uh, still tbd and if if early on, if he's starting to have foul trouble, well, I don't know who we play, right? You're going to have to move Roberts back to the five at that point. And, you know, Arsenault may be the best option at, at the four for us to compete. Now, when I look at, at new players, uh, you know, as, as you've kind of covered off, the, the big two new additions are, you know, LJ Cryer and, and, and Dunn, right? And, you know, I will state up front that I love both kids. I mean, we had, we had recruited Cryer uh, as well, right? At the same time as Shed. And it was one of those deals that at least we had heard right on the recruiting trail that 
whoever committed first was going to get the scholarship, right? And they're very different players. And, and now to be able to have him transfer in and for them to to play in the same backcourt is, is just huge, right? You know, if you look at from a statistics perspective, Cryer's one of the, the handful of guys that shot the ball better from three than even Sasser, right? Uh, I mean, to your point, I mean, he shot almost 42% you know, from three. We thought Sasser was, you know, incredible at, at 38%. Uh, and with uh, with Dunn, you know, I've, I've admired his game watching him at Temple. He killed us, right, when we played them. Uh, and <laughs> given we're two old guys, right, I really love his deliberate, what I call old man game, that I think will fit in well. Uh, with our more deliberate offensive style. I certainly think his style of play, especially on offense, will fit in much better than Mark uh, at the three position because he's always probing the defense slowly, uh, you know, testing it out and finding the weakness, you know, before, you know, before executing a move. Um, and to be honest, you know, going in, you know, after we we got those two transfers, I actually thought, the, you know, Cryer and Dunn were going to be perfect in offsetting the losses of Sasser and Mark. But when I look at, you know, Bart Torvik's stats, right, Cryer was a plus five, Dunn was only a plus 1.7. So it's a far cry from Sasser's plus 11 and Mark's plus 4.2. But then, you know, we've always got to take into consideration the Hall of Fame coach Samson factor uh, of coaching these kids up. And, and getting to their potential. So I'm excited and still confident in their ability to, to more than replace the losses that we've had. And then finally, how do we get to replace Walker, right? Our first five-star one and done player under coach Samson, right? Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of great recruiting class uh, with the, the three bigs uh, and a guard that's coming in. But the one kid that you mentioned as well, that I'm zeroing in on is Joseph Tugler, right? He's a local four-star kid that is not nearly as polished as Walker. And, you know, I am never going to claim, right, that that would be the case. But, oh, my God, Tom, I I am so enamored with this kid's game and believe he will become a crowd favorite in year one. You know, you and I have talked, you know, offline before in terms of, you know, just having that, that some piece missing, last year, right? Kind of that toughness. And and maybe it's unfair, right? I, you know, for me, when I look at it really closely, a lot of that, that sense was, was kind of pointed towards Walker, but Walker, you know, Walker had a, had a huge year, right? Uh, As a freshman, but he had, he was highly skilled, but he just had a more of a finesse game. And that's not what we're used to seeing. Yeah. You know, but when you look at Tugler, right, he's only six foot seven, but his arms are longer. They're longer than Francis's, right? And if you watch his game, right, and granted it was high school, but to me, it was almost like a miniature Josh Carlton, right? Low post moves on offense, relentless on D and rebounding. And what impresses me the most is his feet uh, with his back to the basket. So similar to Carlton, right? Always probing. He just had that really good sense of where the defense was uh, with his back to the basket. And like you said, he may not start initially or or even at all this season, but I expect him to be a major contributor in our NCAA run this year, right? 
Yeah, so, Steve, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about uh, Tugler. Uh, I'm I'm excited about seeing him play, and you know, who knows, who knows, he might he might be in the starting lineup. You know, yeah. from uh, from from the get go, we 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 just don't know. Like I said, we you know yeah. we don't see what's going on at practice. Uh, um, but yeah. from what it, from what I hear from other people is that he is the the quintessential Kelvin Sampson player. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would think so. Granted, very limited view, but I'm super excited about him as part of the program. Uh, so I think we're at the point where okay, give the background of the the program itself, the players that are making up this team. Uh, let's give a prediction uh, on this coming season. So what do you think? How how well do you think? And granted, we'll go into more t- details in episode two with uh, kind of the conference lineup and all that stuff. But if you look at the schedule, which was, I think, just released fully earlier this week, right? Yep. Uh, how are you predicting our record at the end of the season? It, it, okay. it, we, we'll do a look back at the end of the season to see how, okay, uh, how yeah. well we did. I'll, I'll start with uh, the non-conference games. Uh, I have them broken down here. Uh, I don't think we'll get our first test until possibly the sixth game of the season when maybe we play St. John's in the Charleston, South yeah. Carolina classic, uh, Xavier. We play them on the road. I, th- I think we get Xavier. The only non-conference game. I think we might lose might be the A&M game at the Toyota wow. center. Okay. So you're looking at 13 non-conference games and I could, uh, I could see us at, uh, 12 and one heading into, into conference play. Uh, we do play Penn at home. Uh, that, that'd be a good game for us because, uh, they, they play a different style. Uh, uh, they play more of a a Princeton office type, uh, Princeton offense, uh, type style. So, um, yeah, I see us going, uh, 12, 12 and one heading into conference, uh, I think the worst we'll do in conference is uh, uh, twelve and six. I, I see us uh, a little bit behind uh, uh, Kansas. I'm not conceding that uh, Kansas is is going to win, but it, you know, if you if you put a gun if you put a gun to my head, I'd say yeah, probably probably Kansas number one. Um, and we'll go through the Big Twelve later on, but I see us at worst uh, uh, twelve and six. I see a lot of uncertainty in the in the Big Twelve with roster upheavals. Uh, uh, it, it, it's just it's it's crazy. Yeah. You look at these squad. You, you you don't you don't know what to expect. It's like uh, getting a bunch of Jello and throwing it up against a wall and seeing what <laughs> seeing what sticks uh, with some of these some of these squads. Uh, and that's where you know our experience players come in uh, uh we have uh you know when when samson signs a player he looks at the kid and he determines you know how does this kid impact uh, impact winning so you know he he recruits winners uh so look at us at 12 and 6 so uh i could see us going uh 2 and 1 in the conference tournament if we don't win at all so uh, uh you know finish the season minimum 26 and 8 in a number two seed. Nice, nice. I I, I think uh, we're pretty close, actually. And I may have miscounted 
the the non-conference games and obviously i think we're in some tournaments so depending on how you know how far we get uh the number of games that we play may actually be a a little different but um i'm of the same opinion if i look at non-conference games I don't think we're going to go undefeated. I actually had us potentially losing at Xavier, so kind of a one loss. Uh, I figured early in the season we'd still be able to pull off uh, a win over St. John's before they get their uh, their feet under them. So I counted 14 non-conference games, but uh, so like 13 and one in non-conference with a loss to Xavier, given how tough it is to to play in Cincinnati. Yeah. In conference as well, I think it's a it's a wake up call for our fans, right? This is no longer the American Conference, right? Uh, 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 yeah. Definitely, there's there's no more. Uh, EC, <laughs> EC, well, ECU did beat us one year, uh, yeah. our final four year, but you know Tulsa, uh, there's none of those on the no US, I, I, US, I, USF's. Uh, exactly yeah. right, and you know, kind no of offense, again, no offense to their fans, but uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's like a, a kind of a a reminder for our fans again. And again, hence the the name of our podcast. This is no conference for old men, right? It's a it's going to be a grind every night, right? Uh, it, it will cover that off in our our episode too. But I think I, I think we'll get five losses, right? Thirteen and five in conference, uh, and I don't think we've come close to five conference losses in the American. But I think to your point, like six, five. That's hopefully the, the ballpark that we're going to be in. I'm also of the opinion that we're going to go two and one in the conference tourney, probably won't make it to the finals and we'll rest up and get ready for uh, the NCAA tourney. So I've got us at 28 and seven going into the NCAA tournament and also with, you know, a two seat, you know, hopefully not a three seat, but I I'd take <laughs> either one right uh, at this point, but that would be a huge, huge initial you know, year in the Big 12 Conference, right? Yeah, I think, you know, our, our record might not be as good as we were in the AAC, but, uh, you know, we'll be primed to go far in the tournament. Um, you know, with yep. let's say we have seven, eight losses. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean we're not going to have a chance to, to make the Final Four. It'll probably, you know, it'll probably just mean that we're even better equipped uh, uh, to make the Final Four. Uh, as some people say, you know, iron sharpens iron yep. and, um, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I make complete agreement. I think the, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I'm going to really pay close attention to, to see whether coach Sampson changes his approach or not is in terms of, right. The number of players he plays, right. So he's, he's used a pretty short bench historically and, yeah which has worked great for us, but even, even in the American, right, we've ended up with some nagging injuries towards the end of the season that, you know, especially last year, you know, given the loss to Miami, you know, what at least visually looked to me was like, maybe there were some nagging injuries with shed and Roberts that kind of hampered their ability to play at, at their highest level. And that may have contributed, you know, a bit. Uh, yeah. To that's, We'll see. It's it's going to be tougher, right, in the Big Twelve. So yeah, that's a that's a valid valid point, Steve. Uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody on on our board, uh, Goku's board, was uh, on an airplane recently with uh, and started talking and ended up being Fred Hoiberg, uh, yeah. Nebraska coach, and 
uh, they, they, they talked about our season a little bit and, and, uh, and, uh, Hoiberg said that he thought we looked tired against yeah. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there could have been some other, uh, chemistry things going on yep. uh, with the squad too, knowing that, uh, it was possible, you know, the, the team knew that there was a player that was going to move on already, uh, after the season. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's, that's not good when you're, uh, when you're trying to win a national championship. Yep. Yep. Now you're, you're spot on. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's actually it for our Houston Cougars preview in episode one of the no conference for old man podcast. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Would really appreciate it. If you listen to our episodes and follow and subscribe to our podcast. And again, right. This is, uh, you know, this effort, and the creation of this podcast is not intended as a money-making endeavor, but would still love your support to reinforce the interest in the type of info that Tom and I intend to provide moving forward. It please provide a rating and feedback either here or on our Twitter. Uh, I guess it's called X now X account, no conference for old men. Uh, thank you all for listening And episode two will come out hopefully within a week uh, with our big 12 overview. So please be on the lookout to listen, download next week. Thanks again. <laughs>